We all love a good sneak peek into how others are handling their day-to-day -day life and especially scaling and managing their businesses. Having that fly on the wall view makes us feel less alone and also motivated and inspired to keep up the work to make our lives and businesses the best they can be. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. In today's episode, you get a peek into a live case study session originally held in the TMA community group on Facebook. This case study features the other partners of TMA, Jenny and Allison, along with Kayla Victor of Kayla Marie Photography. We're so excited to be coaching and mentoring Kayla, a TMA member and photography business owner. Today, Jenny and Allison will be walking Kayla through the task of scaling her business while also moving her location. As Kayla navigates the challenge of uprooting her business to a different area and looks for ways to diversify her income stream, I know there are others out there going through these same situations in your own photography businesses. Tune in as Jenny and Allison answer all of Kayla's questions, give her tailored advice specific to her needs, and share exactly what's worked for them in their own businesses. Now I present to you episode number 41 and another installment of our case study series on the Motherhood Anthology podcast. I guess let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Kayla. I feel like I'm fairly new to kind of the photography world, but not really. I've been like, I've had a camera in my hand since I was a little kid. I remember I have like photo albums from just taking random pictures when I was like a kid. I had little like that instant Polaroid mm -hmm. camera, but I feel like I didn't really start like honing in on it until like it's been probably a little over two years now. My story is kind of sad. Me and my husband have a two-year-old daughter and his mom passed away pretty unexpectedly about two years ago. And that kind of like shifted my whole perspective on things. We had, I mean, she only met her like a handful of times. At that time we were still in Texas and they were in Michigan. We have like maybe two photos of them together. And it kind of just like put everything into perspective for me and changed like my outlook on life completely. And I was like, I don't ever want to like experience this and not have something for her, my daughter to cherish or like families to not have these opportunities to kind of like have something to look back on with their kids or their kids, kids, all of that stuff. So in the last two years, I've like really kind of just tried to hone in on like capturing things that feel authentic to me and feel authentic to my clients. And my editing style has changed drastically <laughs> over that period, which I finally feel like I'm editing in ways that I like love. Like I'm excited when I go in and edit, which I feel like some people are like, oh, I hate editing. I'm like, like, I love it. Like I would just do it all day if I could. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a little bit about me and my, my backstory. How long have you been in business or like charging? Would you say? So I have been like, I started, you know, charging like the bare, bare minimum when I first mm -hmm. started, once I joined the TMA, which was, I want to say almost a year ago now, I think I joined like last July. So actually it's probably been a year. 
I did, you know, the pricing calculator and realized like I was like charging nothing. I wasn't like making anything <laughs> off what I was doing, which is, you know, everyone's story, I feel like. <laughs> but once I did that, I started, I redid my website. I redid all of my marketing material and I just kind of went into it full force. So a little over a year or a year at that. <laughs> You're still a baby. I know I'm such a baby. <laughs> it's so nice because like I think about like where I was at a year in and like I have looked at your website before. I've looked at it today and I'm like I knew that you were newer and I'm like gosh, if my website looked like this at a year, like right. <laughs> I mean, it worked out okay in the end, but like man, you're like already like so far ahead of where you could be. And so it's just well, nice to be like <laughs> somebody that's newer really trying to like do it right from the start and like really have a successful business. So you don't have to struggle for years and years. Yeah. Um, and I feel like not me, but everyone in the TMA has you guys to thank for that. Like I <laughs> seriously, cause the community, just the Facebook page in general, the membership, like it would have taken me probably light years to figure it all out without you guys. So much appreciated. <laughs> well, thanks. I mean, that is, that is truly like how TMA got started. Like the membership got started. Cause we were like, what if we didn't have to like do all of this by trial and error? Like, what if we didn't have to like try different pricing structures for like a year at a time and see what happens? Like we could just accelerate people's growth and like changes and like success faster if we like shared this information. So that makes sense. We're just going to jump right into some of Kayla's questions that she sent us ahead of time. Some things that like she wanted to chat about during this time. Um, And then we can kind of go from there. You can always Kayla, like hop in with follow-up questions, additional questions as you think of them, like interrupt us and say like, what about this at any time? So Your first question though, was about relocating and marketing to a new city. And like, what are the three biggest items that you should focus on before actually moving aside from SEO? So I might let Allison take this one, even though she's not like fully moved to, well, you can, you can talk about (laughs) it, but it's not quite the same, but like a lot of the same things. (laughs) Yeah. So I think besides, I mean, obviously SEO is going to be the biggest one to tackle, but you know, I kept my business in Houston. I didn't move it technically to Asheville. I, I always think about though, like if I was going to really start marketing to Asheville and people here, like, what would I do? Right. And truthfully, I think of it as moving States specifically is an opportunity to really just be someone completely new, right? Because no one knows you. They have no idea who you are. And so if you are at, at that point needing to rebrand, change your marketing style, change your style, change your pricing structure, anything, that would be the time to do it because they have no idea who you are and you're going to create a new client base anyways. So you might as well just rip the bandaid off and look at it as like, you're completely new to them, right? It's like, it's like those, um, it's like the movies where you move to a new city and you can like be whoever you want to be like a new person, right? 
but it's yeah. like a business part of it. So like, if you've been wanting to just make these changes, but what's been holding you back is that you've sort of established yourself where you are. And it's hard to make changes when you are already serving a client base. Like you can get rid of that mindset because you're moving to a new location. So, you know, when you are moving to a new state, bus, I mean, SEO is going to be the number one thing that you're going to want to tackle because that's going to really start getting you the new clients, the quick, like clients, the fastest. But beyond that, I would just make sure that, you know, your cost of doing business for the new location is 100% accurate. And that if you're wanting to make any tweaks to your salary, um, your offerings to clients, your pricing structure, any of that, that you do that before you're moving and before you start sending out inquiries that way, you know, you don't have to like, you're, you're creating that base from the very beginning and you're not having to like immediately go back and be like, wait, I don't want to offer what I was offering in my other state. Thankfully for me, I'm, I did one big move once we're, we're moving to the same state, just in a very different area. So right now we live in I wouldn't say it's a rural, rural area or anything, but it's, it's a very small town, um, mm-hmm. which has been great. Like people really support small businesses. Um, but obviously the, um, education aspect of like why I need to charge as much is, is a bigger barrier than I would like. So I'm excited to be in a bigger city, which will be great. The only thing like I'm thinking of looking ahead is it's more of a, kind of more of a tourist area. So it's Traverse City, Michigan. So a lot of people are visiting there from other states. And I toyed around with changing from like all-inclusive to an a la carte model, but I'm worried that with people, like some of my clients being living in a totally different state, like how, I know I could do like a Zoom ordering appointment and I could make it work, but I'm also thinking of it like as me, like if I was going to get my photos done in a different state, would I rather just maybe have all the digital files and then go back and say, Hey, I'm looking to maybe add an album on like later. I don't know. I go back and forth. Cause I, I obviously, I, I appreciate the tangible aspects and I want to incorporate that, but I also don't want to make it a hassle for people who I can't really have that experience one-on-one with, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that if it's a, if it's a tourist town, like from, from my standpoint as a client, like whenever I'm traveling and I think Jenny will echo this, like if I'm trying to find a photographer, I immediately go to Instagram and I search hashtags whenever I'm looking for like a destination. So I think that that might be, you know, a one place to really start, you know, using and like researching is those hashtags. I, I think that an a la carte model can still work for you. I, I, you know, for, for me and like how, how I offer it for clients and Jenny too, is like, you know, you can offer different tiers of digital file sets. So like, you know, 20, 30 or all or whatever, and, you know, do that creative fee to hold the spot. And while obviously you can't do in-person sales with someone that's like out of town, you can still do an online ordering appointment. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be Zoom. You can just still do it where you have a workflow and you send them, you know, a link and they have a, a window to, you know, order stuff. But I think that the beautiful thing about having, people travel from all over the world is that you have 
a lot of different people willing to pay a lot of different prices coming in from all different places. And Mm -hmm. you don't really have like a limit there. So I wouldn't really like put so much of a limit on yourself. Like I think the a la carte model is a great thing in that situation because you don't like, whereas in maybe in a smaller town where you're at now, you're having to like explain yourself a lot to people and like justify your price. I don't know that you'll necessarily have that mindset. If you have a lot of people traveling in from different cities, because they're all coming with different experiences from various photography studios in their own area. And they're just going to assume that what you're charging is like what the local price is for that area. And they're on vacation. So they're already splurging. Yeah, that's very Mm -hmm. true. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And you can still like, if you do a la carte, they can still just order all of their files. And if they want to order an album later, they can. I mean, it's really unlikely in my experience that somebody's like, I'm going to just order files from now and we're going to order stuff later. Like that doesn't usually happen, but at least you can like leave the door open for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is if you find that like people really do want like everything up front, you could even like give them the a la carte pricing and say like, if you pre-purchase your full gallery, like maybe you sell files like a la carte after in tiers. But if you say like, if you pre-purchase all of them up front before your session, you get like a different price on them or something. That way, like those people that do, I don't know. I personally, I don't have any reason why I would want to do that as a client, but like, I guess if they're really like fearful of being like sold to after or don't want to like, or feel like that's too much, like you could have that like option of like, and kind of just play it up like, hey, this is great for like people that are coming from out of town and know they want their full gallery up front. Like you can pre-purchase it. Like and just receive it a little bit of a discount. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Like- and always, always add a storefront in your online gallery, especially for out of town, you know, people, because a lot of times they're going to have, you know, grandparents that sign on or whatever. So, you know, always send an online, online, you know, store and add a coupon in that's good for three days. And you'll get a lot of sales for just like loose prints and stuff like that for them. Okay. I didn't think about doing like a coupon for three days. That's like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Do you use like pick time or what do you I use? have? I have cloud spot. So I have a print like store that they can order from, but it okay. definitely it doesn't have the best people. Like I've contemplated moving to pick time just for the better vendors that they have. Yeah. Through their yeah. Account. If you want it all like hands off, like completely like lab fulfilled, you don't have to do anything with it. I wouldn't do pick time only because then you can still use Indie and Musea and all of those. I love Pixie Set and like I'm not changing because I self-fulfill anyway. So it doesn't matter. Like if Pixie Set offers the labs that I want, but if you want to be like really hands-off then hands down, I would do pick time and it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Like what I've, I've currently just been doing it myself, but I definitely think it would be, I feel like the less, <laughs> the less I have to do, the better. Also, I just think it's more convenient for someone who's viewing the gallery to just be like, oh, I like this loose print. Like I can just, you know, purchase it right from here versus being like, hey, I like this one. Can you order it for me? Blah, 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 blah. So, right. Well, and when, you when you're done for either, like you okay. can, they can still purchase in the gallery and you still order it and send it to them or they oh, can purchase okay. in the gallery and it just like goes through the lab. So you can, on oh, their cool. end, it's the same experience, but on your end, it, it would just be, you're doing the work or the lab's doing the work. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. Okay. Game changer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you can really yeah. go either way and it's very cool for clients. So what I, what I do in pick time is like, I have them purchase their digital files, frame artwork and albums, the big stuff through me during their 48 hour online ordering appointment. Then after they've done those big ticket items through me that I actually like design and order, then whatever digital files they've purchased, I move those into like a purchased images like section and turn on their store. And then that way, then they're able to go in and I, I tell them like, Hey, you know, the store that I have available to you is much better than like Shutterfly or Walgreens or anything like that. So if at any time you need loose prints, just hop in that store. I'm going to give you a coupon for 20% off. That's good for the next three days, but your store is always there. So if you ever need loose prints, just hop in there and you're able to purchase them at any time. So really I bill that for, you know, so that they'll go there for like the loose, small prints and stuff. But then they do the bigger things through me custom. Like okay. I fulfill those. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I didn't realize you could even yeah. do that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So one of your questions actually made me laugh because I thought, I am probably going to answer this in the opposite way in, the, in which you thought, but you said like how now more than ever, it's important to like really stand out. And like, if you're in a really saturated market and what are the, some of the things you do to like get creative ju- juices flowing? And I'm like, I feel like the longer I am in business and the more saturated the market gets, the more I like double down on like, this is what I do X, Y, Z. That is it. Like the, what you see is what you get. And like, I am not deviating. And I almost like, I laughed and then I was like, you know what? But there's something to be said for that because it's like in a saturated market when everybody's like constantly trying to like one up each other and like do the new thing and like catch the next new trend. I'm like, what if you don't do that? Like, what if you just are like really authentically you and like timeless and like it's the same over and over again in like a consistent way and like a beautiful way. And like, you're not trying to compete like that. So it's probably not the answer you're looking for, but like that truly is my answer. Like the more and more I see like new photographers popping up and new people like doing this, that, and the other thing, I'm like, the more I want to only do these things and like have tunnel vision and like, don't even want to see what everyone else is doing because like, I don't want to be too tempted to like constantly feel like I'm trying to come up with something new and reinvent the wheel and like all of that stuff, like that pressure and like that stress is not my thing. Not my jam. So like, I'm the opposite, (laughs) but I, I kind of meant it more like, like, I, I don't feel like I'm like, like hopping on every trend and try like I'm a very like not competitive person whatsoever like I'd ra- much rather collaborate with people than compete like I- I'm just mm-hmm. not about that but like I feel like you guys have kind of pioneered a lot of things that really made people think outside the box like just out- I pun unintended but you guys like doing the welcome box for yeah photographers like that makes so much sense but like I don't think I would have ever thought to do that. So it was kind of like asking in a sense of like, 
how do you make your experience maybe stand out a, a more than someone else? It just, yeah. I guess it's, that was my thought. We, Allison and I have actually had this conversation because I'm like, those were things that like, when I started doing them, like having the full wardrobe for like family sessions or client welcome boxes, like nobody was doing that. And so now I'm like, what are those next things? Yeah. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to like have those. And like, I love yeah. those things, but I'm like, what else is there that like, we're not thinking of yet. And like, we, we've talked about this a lot. So I don't know. I think, um, I think just in any way that if you can like, not like actually really don't like to look around at other local photographers, but like, if you do, or just happen to know, or like want to like see what everyone's doing in terms of like trying to be different. If you can just like figure out how to set anything up, even like remotely differently or offer something slightly different, um, you want to stand out. You want to be different. Whereas like, sometimes I feel like some people will see XYZ is successful. So they want to do exactly that, but like they're successful because they're not doing it the way that everybody else was doing it. And I think that's why like a lot of those things were successful for us, you know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right. Finding those things. Yeah. Though, but yeah. then it's, but that is hard, hard because then mm-hmm. people see that difference and then they want to also like replicate it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit hard and it's a bit like of a double-edged sword because you want to stand out and you want to be different and you want to do stuff that's different, but then you do it and you share it and then you see it pop up. And so then it's, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult, you know? Yeah. That is hard. I didn't really even think about it that way, but yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like, you want to just take, like you want to do stuff and you want to make it your own, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's always a way to like make it more true to like who you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like take for instance, Santa, right? Like Santa can be done a million different ways. We had that conversation in community or it wasn't in community or membership. I don't remember, but we had the conversation about, about Santa and like, there's content in membership about Santa sessions and just very general, but you can then take them and like make that experience like really detailed and like true to like who you are as a photographer. And then they're going to come to you because they're like, Oh, I want that experience. Like, I don't want anybody else's experience. Like people come to me because years, years and years ago, I came out with this like ridiculous six foot wreath. And now everyone's like the wreath. I want the wreath. Like that's what they come to me for. And like, I have seen that then pop up you know, elsewhere, but because I was the one that like did that, that's what I'm now known for. And that's what people come to me for. So sure. Santa is everywhere now, but you have to make something true to your business that like stands out amongst everybody else. If that makes, makes sense. It's a better example. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So next you asked about how to approach investing and teaching courses with like family members, spouses. So like, I'm assuming you want to invest $2,000 in something husband's like, Oh, what are you doing? Um, yeah, yeah, that's like definitely. (laughs) So I feel two ways about this personally. Like if your business was like up and running and like profitable and you were paying yourself like a good salary for your time, 
I would say, I don't really care what your opinion is. Like, this isn't your money to spend. This is the business's money. As long as it doesn't put you personally in like a financial hardship, it's none of their business. On the other hand, obviously, if you are somewhat newer to business, you're not paying yourself a regular salary yet. Not because like you're not priced profitably, but like you can be priced profitably, but you just don't have enough sessions to fill your calendar yet because you are new or in a new area, whatever that is. Like that is super common and super normal um, for the first couple of years of business at least. And so I do think that like in that case, either taking personal funds and paying for those things is a conversation um, or even taking business funds that may take away from like your salary um, is a fair conversation to have, right? Like, so that's, you know, I get it. That said, if you choose the right investment of education, which we all know like you can't 100% know that upfront if it's going to pay off or you're going to feel like you wasted your money. Um, mm-hmm. I've personally like had, well, I don't know. I've had both situations. I've invested or like gone to conferences that I thought would be like so great and so fun. And I'm like, I mean, it was a fun getaway, but like I didn't take away anything new that I'm changing or doing in my business to like make me more money. So like that kind of sucks. Like you just can't really know that. But I think... If you do, like, if you try to figure out if it's really going to, like, move your business forward. And that's one of the reasons we really wanted membership to be, like, really affordable every month. Even if you just, like, stayed for a couple months compared to, like, a giant, like, program where you are spending thousands or, like, private one-on-one mentoring or, like, a big conference where you have to travel. Because that really does add up. And if you spend all that money and walk away feeling, like that really didn't further your business and make you more money. Like that's, I can see how a spouse would be pretty annoyed about that. (laughs) Not that you intentionally did that, but like, yeah, that if it were the opposite, like if it were my spouse running his own business and like that happened, I'd be like, that's a real bummer. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, that is one of the reasons we wanted membership to be so affordable and like give everybody all of those tools that you can take that information and really like not to toot our own horns, but like everything you need is truly in there. Not to say that they can't always learn more from somebody else, you know, cause like obviously in different genres or however somebody teaches, like it could be totally different. Um, it's just not necessary. And we wanted it to be like that so that you didn't have to have that conversation with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a lot easier to justify $45 a month than it is to just, uh, than it is to justify thousands of dollars when your like the $45 covers like a wide range of topics Yeah, t- taught by a wide range of people. It's, it's just a lot easier to justify that. And you can hop out if it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For yeah. sure. I don't know. For a little while, I like felt like I was, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but it's kind of like, like I only feel like I should be doing more. Like I always feel like maybe oh. I'm seeing something like, yes, kind of, kind of feeling. So I don't know. I, I, at one point I was like, may, like, what am I missing? And maybe I need to start investing in different avenues to like further my education or something. But then I like, will talk to like, you know, family members or my husband and he's like, but Kayla, you're already doing like 
great. Like maybe just like appreciate it like for right now, yeah. like yeah, stop waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of thing. Or like, what, what am I doing wrong kind of thing? So it, it's kind of, that's refreshing to hear. I mean, obviously I've learned so much from TMA that like I would never leave it probably ever, but, <laughs> but, um, I don't know you, I, I guess you just always get that feeling like what, what else can I be doing? Like, am I missing something to get more people attracted to my business and all that, all that jazz. So I, I think as a small business owner, that's probably something that a lot of us struggle with is not ever knowing when is enough, right? Because we are the only people that we answer to is ourselves. And we are the only people that we are accountable to. And so for me, it was super helpful to really look at like when you're doing your cost of doing business and you put in like your desired salary, like put in your desired salary and put in like a, like a reach goal, right. For that, so that you can like bonus yourself. If you know, you have a really great quarter or month or whatever, but then like, be okay. When you hit that, like, there's not a reason to just keep going and going and going like at a certain point, like there really truly is enough money being made. And then you just get to take a pause and like, not work anymore, like go and enjoy life and like take some money that you've made and like go on a vacation and, you know, not work 40 hours a week and go play with your family. Like there's, I think that's a big struggle that small business owners have is just feeling like you have to just keep going and keep going. And there is really truly a ceiling that we all need to hit where it is enough. Like you don't have to keep working toward the next best thing because we have the, we have the best right here in front of us. And so finding your ceiling and finding your enough is important so that you don't feel like you're missing out on something, right? Like, because you're not missing out on something, you're missing out on what's around you. And Mm -hmm. if you're constantly chasing what is you know, you think you're missing out on, you're really going to be missing out on like what is happening in like your present. That's so very true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like when you kind of get that feeling of like, oh, maybe I need more education or need to learn this to get further, like really take that energy and time that you would invest in money and put it into like just more marketing and being more consistent with your marketing. I think it's always like we we think we're like missing out on some like magic piece that is all of a sudden going to just like windfall of clients into your lap. But really like the consistency and the time spent, like not the time spent, but like the time, like over time, you know, if you like market really hard on Instagram for two months versus six months versus a year versus five years, you know, that time consistency of doing it, that's going to get you further than constantly feeling like you need new tricks all the time to to do that. And then just, you know, every kind of education that comes past your desk, just really say like, Hey, if I do this, what would I truly change about my business? And like, will that get me further? Because like, for me, I know that like, I don't know everything and there's so much more I could learn and there's so much I could change, but then I'm like, would I actually change it? Am I ever going to change my pricing structure? Probably not. Like I love my pricing structure. I have trial and error just about every version of it and like figured out that like, this is what I really love. So like, yes, this other pricing structure might also work, but like, am I willing to change mine? No. 
am I planning and willing to change my style anytime soon? Absolutely not. So like, could I go and learn different ways to photograph newborns or photograph maternity or do different things or different lighting? I could, it would be beneficial to have that knowledge, but like, am I going to totally like upheaval my business and change it all? I'm not. So like, why spend that money and energy on it? And also like, let's say that you have $2,000 floating around that you're thinking about like putting towards education. I had somebody reach out saying like, Hey, I'm going to send you my guide for social media management. And looking at that, it was like about $600 a month to, and, and she, she's good at what she does. Like she's just starting out, but she sent me like her analytics and all of that. So you could spend $2,000 on education, learning something new about like style or marketing or whatever, or you could take that $2,000 and put it towards outsourcing social media to an expert who could probably get a better ROI on that two, two grand and have three months plus of social media management to free up your time because your time is worth hourly more than that, right? So then you could be yeah. taking the time spent on social media and be putting that in towards something more valuable for yourself. Or you could just be doing nothing and hanging out with family. Yeah. So you have to like think about yeah. it that way. Yeah. Don't underestimate doing nothing. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you did ask us though, what is the best education investment that you've ever made for your business? And I was looking at this uh yesterday and really like thinking long and hard about it. And honestly, <laughs> I don't know if you can see all these, there's like shelves over here too, but business books, like. Number one, it's so cheap compared to like going to this uh, workshop and this conference and, you know, whatever, like business books, like reading those cover to cover, highlighting the crap out of them and like really like understanding like the foundation, not even like photography related, that marketing stuff and like all of that, like my like top five business books, like helped shape my business entirely. And that was like, you know, over a decade ago when like, we didn't have things like monthly memberships and like, mm-hmm. it, I was trial and erroring everything. Um, truly, I think that was so cheap and the best investment. Mine, mine was Jenny Kruger's online, <laughs> online thing, because I knew that I needed to make some changes. And back then, I mean, that was, I mean, I've been in business almost 11 years now. So that was like probably almost a decade ago that I bought her first off. And even back then, I mean, there was nothing available at all. All that I knew was that like what I was doing wasn't working and I wanted to like serve my clients better with more, but I did not know how to do that. And so just being able to like have that and like, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Like I know that she was not intentional, but like I read it cover to cover in one night and like implemented it within a week, probably like I was like, I'm doing this. And that was the best thing that I could have done for my business because I just needed like someone to give me some sort of direction Mm -hmm. in, you know, what to do. Yeah. Okay. So tips for building a passive income business. Where did you start? I'm also a graphic designer and I'm looking to start selling digital investment guides, session guides, bridal guides, et cetera. 
that reflect the look and the feel of luxury market clientele. So myself and Jenny have an Etsy shop and we do this exact thing. I think that you absolutely can make some money doing that. Um, people are always looking for like a an avenue to be able to go and just shop and have templates there waiting for them. I will say that they absolutely want Canva over Photoshop, a hundred percent. Don't make anything in Photoshop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jenny and I are going to be together t- starting tomorrow and we have like a list of stuff that people are asking for and it will only be done in Canva because they do not want Photoshop. Which so, kills me. It kills yeah. me, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, for, for us, we knew that people like obviously we give templates for free and membership, but there were certain things that people wanted that were just extras. And so we just decided like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and, you know, start an Etsy business. And just, I think all of us learned during COVID that it's super important to not have all of your eggs in one basket. And, you know, if you have a graphic design background, definitely utilize that and definitely, you know, put it to work and start designing some stuff. And if you really brand it in line with like, you know, what you're delivering and like your aesthetic, then it's going to be true to you. And you're going to find those people that are looking for the same, same vibe. Okay. Remember if I've asked you this, did you design your logo? Like, do you do logos? Yeah. I feel like you could really like stand out doing that kind of stuff and like have a whole other business like that for sure. I like really want to, I think I just need to like, like pull the plug and do it or, or yeah. Something. But yeah, I really like, that's, I feel very fortunate that I've like had these both like forms of art to kind of like guide me through life. Like I absolutely love doing both of them. So when I like started, like just looking on Etsy or like creative market, they're just very like, I don't even know what the word is, like modern, like kind of more moody-ish. And I'm like, there's a whole like luxury market that we're not really speaking to with these things. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you could totally do it. I think I think a lot of the times we have ideas and can actually like have the, I don't know, the tools to like execute them. Like you have the knowledge and like the design background and like obviously you're good at it but like we just put it off and put it off and put it off and like yeah. think about like if you don't put it off anymore like how much more ahead you'll be in a year from now whereas like in a year from now the same year will pass and you could have been doing that for this whole year so like I know it's hard to like start new things and like put yourself out there but you know you're only losing time and so mm-hmm. I That's definitely cool. think it's a great way to especially being like in a um, like Traverse City is definitely like vacation town type of thing. And like, you might have like some ebbs and flows of your, like, like you just might not be able to have like a super steady calendar. You might have some like really, really busy months, some down months. Um, it just might vary a little bit. And so I think that would be like really beneficial to have like a different income stream like that. Mm -hmm. I was toying with the idea of going through Etsy or just putting it on my website. Do you feel like there's pros and cons to either? Like if I had, like, I'm sure I would probably reach more people on Etsy versus having it on my website. So 
Kayla, who's your who is your website through? Through Wix. Okay, I was gonna ask because you're it's not, it's putting all of your H one like it's putting like five H ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just the SEO like I don't know a ton about SEO, but I'm always trying to like chime in and and help as much. So <laughs> I would say put it on Etsy just because right. for SEO purposes, Etsy's gonna help you more until you're able to get off of Wix and over to like a host that allows you to really just say one H one per page. Because then you can then you can put one page where it's just for your Etsy list or like your listings, but you know for for like what me and Jenny do, we just have you know the Etsy page and even now like with all the AI stuff like it really allows you to like put stuff in there and it'll it'll help you write like titles and descriptions and it's super helpful. So I would for now just do that. Okay, they make it really easy to like get up and going and just like hands off once you upload stuff. But I think you could, like Allison said, eventually one day, like on a different website platform or just have two totally separate websites that you link between, you could still have like a beautiful, like I'm thinking of like branding designers who do like full logo design and like brand mm-hmm. suites, like their websites are beautiful because like, obviously that's what they do. So of course they have beautiful websites like that. You could still have that and like link to an Etsy store. So you get like the best of both worlds. So okay, definitely think it would look like you're more like legit and like, I'm a graphic designer when you have like a stunning website, but like, that doesn't mean you can't also have an Etsy store or can't start with the Etsy store. Um, cause they do make it so easy. That's a good idea. I didn't even, I mean, didn't even cross my mind to do both, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah I just link it, like link your Etsy store for like, you could have like your website to offer like custom stuff and like, you know, more details like about you and like about your work and like past examples. But then you could say like a link to basically like current ready to go stuff. I, that's not mm-hmm. the word. For, but like yeah ready stuff that's like yeah already templates and stuff that's already ready to go they can buy there and then like obviously somebody might be able to do like a custom whole brand with you or whatever mm-hmm. yeah I think it's a great idea I love your logo I love your whole like design oh, thank you. you definitely can do that like don't don't be afraid to like jump into that okay I appreciate that <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just need but that like that's photography yes. <laughs> but also you should be a photographer <laughs> um and that's that's like a really good example of why we should not be spending 80 hours a week and making such little profit on our photography because then that does open you up to have a second stream of income while not adding another 40 hours a week like you you can only work so much a week before you're like burnt out and like miserable and so like you don't need to have two to three different businesses where then you're working like a hundred hours a week. Like that's not the goal. The goal would be mm-hmm. to like this one, you do 10 hours a week, this one, 20, 25, like, you know, and it all makes you like a really good income. Yeah. So just don't forget that part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So marketing evolving in terms of like threads and TikTok. Do you guys use either? <laughs> I like, I I'm, I'm not about it. I just want to come out the gate with that. Like I, Threads was cool for like a day and now I'm like totally over it. I want to like it. I'm trying really hard because I actually do think it's really pretty. Like I was never on Twitter. Like I have a Twitter account, but like I never got into Twitter. I just, I don't know, but I could see how this is kind of like Instagram and Twitter combined and like, it's pretty, 
I do like it. I also don't really want to do anything else on my phone. So I don't know if I signed up for it. Like, I don't want any more to do on my phone. Like, I already have enough that I can, you know, scroll through. I don't think for business, it's going to like anytime soon, like get me a bunch of new clients. So I'm not really concerned about that. Allison makes fun of me because like, she'll, I'll send her Instagram reels that she's like, two weeks ago on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) always and it's really funny because then I send the Instagram or then like two weeks later my husband will send me a Facebook reel and I'm like I saw that two weeks ago on Instagram oh it kills me I'm like Jenny Kruger just come to the dark side like (laughs) so I I love I personally love TikTok for like I don't I don't scroll on Facebook I don't scroll on Instagram I scroll on TikTok and my little feed is like curated to me perfectly I don't post on there for, for, for business. I, I did, I did occasionally in the beginning, I had one really go viral at one point, but I don't really do business over there at all. I'm really trying to like, like threads, but again, it's, I I'm in the same boat as Jenny. I, I, I really just want to throw my phone. I don't like being on there, but it's like a, a necessary evil, right? Like I know that I have to be on Instagram a certain amount to like interact and, you know, feed the, what is it? Feed the machine, like feed the (laughs) the beast. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, I know that we have to do what we need to do in order to, you know, engage in the algorithm, all of those things, but just adding one more thing to my plate. I, I have a, I have threads. I don't, I don't know how much I'll, I do too. I really, I mean, I, I enjoyed it for like the community of other creatives. And now I feel like I'm being pushed all of these like random things. And I'm like overwhelmed. Like I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just spend hours a day, like getting it going. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like Instagram is like, I kid you not probably 95% of my inquiries. That's how people find me. Mm-hmm. So initially I was like, well, maybe I should be on TikTok. Like, can people find me on TikTok? And now I'm like, well, is, if I don't have a thread, is it going to mess up my Instagram? Like, or if I'm like, you know, not on threads, are they going to like push back on my Instagram feed? I don't know. It's too much to keep up with. My, my vote is that you need to, you need to switch and do like either WordPress flow themes or like WordPress and cadence blocks so that you can get more inquiries through your website, because then you won't be like, so heavily reliant on Instagram and your SEO will be like much better. What did, what did you call it? I don't think I've ever even heard of those. Like, like, so WordPress with like cadence blocks or flow themes. And then that way you'll like, it'll be a huge learning curve, but if you're going to move to a new city, you might as well just like rip the bandaid off. Okay. And then that way you can tell like WordPress sites, you're able to tell it like each page, like this is the H1, these are the H2s, these are the H3s. You're able to like set it all up. Melissa inside membership has content all about SEO and like all, like all of that. And then she's always in there, like answering questions about it. And then that way you will get a ton of inquiries via Google and you'll start showing up and you will live happily ever after. (laughs) That's good to know. Cause I, I, I think I did watch one of her videos and went in and like did the extension for, 
oh gosh, what is it called? Where you search like this, your most searched in Google for like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different city and then, you know, specialty and photography. Keywords. Yeah. Yeah. Keywords. Thank you. Um, and I went in and redid that and I've been putting in like the tags and all of the images in my website and all of that fun stuff. But like you were saying, I know someone else told me like, well, you're on Wix. So your H1s are going to be like all. Yeah. Like with Wix, the hard thing is that you cannot tell it. I only want one H1 and it just automatically throws up whatever it wants. So like whenever I pull up your homepage, it shows five H1s. And it's, it is motherhood and family photographer, but it's also as seen on, and then, um, Kayla Marie, and then all the kind words. So it's not, so then Google is so confused. And then that's why you're not going to get any inquiries because Google's like, I don't know what your main keyword is. I gotcha. Like is your main keyword motherhood and family photographer, or is your main keyword all the kind words? I don't know. So I'm not going to show you whenever someone Googles motherhood and family photographer, but also motherhood and family photographer, you need to have a city like motherhood and family photographer is so broad. And so you need to have the city where you're wanting to be a motherhood and family photographer. Okay. So that's what I would do is when, when you're moving to that new city and, um, whatnot, I would totally just redo not, I mean, not that it's, I'm talking as if it's easy. I know it's not easy, but I would definitely take the time and effort and energy to move your website over and do those, the keyword research and everything. And Melissa has information like on her own site too, on doing that. And then that way you're going to go like, oh my gosh, I actually am like ranking on Google and getting inquiries that way and on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. That's very good to know. I didn't even okay. Awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> SEO is a whole beast. I totally understand. It really is. It it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> that will be the best use of your time and any yes. education money, like putting it towards a new website and like SEO on that website. Yeah. 1000% ditch Wix. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any other questions for us? I do not know. Awesome. Okay. We want to ask you one more question and I feel like you kind of already touched on this, but like, how would you say membership provided like the greatest value to you in your business or like, what are your favorite parts or like best, like the best thing you got out of it so far? I mean, there's, there's so much. I I can probably go on for hours. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I think just the Everything is so easy. First of all, it's easy to access. Like there's no, you can't get confused in there whatsoever, which is really great. And just the, the different categories you have, it covers all of your bases. Like, I mean, I kid you not, like you were saying, like it would have taken me years to figure out half this stuff. And I'm, I mean, you're, I'm still going through it. Like I haven't even probably reached its full, you know, potential of information that I could have, but, um, like from the templates to, I mean, the cost of doing business in itself should just be your $45. (laughs) I feel like, like that, I think that's probably the most beneficial thing. It really opens your eyes to, I mean, how you really need to function as a business and what you need to do from like, I really enjoyed like, you know, the shooting in midday that I think it was Kelly White did. So good. In Michigan, we have 
we, the sun doesn't set in the summer till like 10 30 11 o'clock at night which is not ideal for families mm-hmm. with little kids so like that was super beneficial for me the film stuff if I I recently just got into film so I'm still shooting on my 35 millimeter but if I wouldn't have come across those film things, I probably would have never dived in. And I wanted to forever. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I watched, went through the PDFs and I was like, this is awesome. I'm doing it. And we're, we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is really cool. It's nice to see like you like have access to all of that. You take advantage of it and like you start to see it pay off and like utilize it. So And I think, I think what Allison was saying too, about like what you put out there as far as like mini sessions or anything, I think the big takeaway, like you were saying is you just have to make it your own. Like Mm -hmm. that's the big thing. So when you're, when people are reading through it or going through the membership, I think it's helpful to turn a switch on and say, well, how can I make this feel like me? Cause at the end of the day, that's, what's going to really make you, you and your business, you. So we always say that it's literally sitting there on a silver platter, like how to own, run, operate a successful photography business. So then all you have to do is take it, implement it and make it your own. Like Mm -hmm. truly, it's just all there waiting. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Well, Kayla, thank you. It's been wonderful talking with you. Just so so helpful in so many ways. So I really appreciate you guys chatting with me and yeah, taking the time nice. to do this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, to come visit you and have our family done because I grew up in Michigan and like Traverse City. No way. Yeah, not near there, but like um like Charlevoix is my favorite place. So I'm, oh, I'm trying I love, to get back there. I so love Charlevoix. Um I am so excited and so ready for this move. I I did a session um cause I've been trying to like tag the location on Instagram and whatnot. So, um, I booked a session, two sessions out there. We're moving next month. And I did it like just the bluffs and like the beach. I'm just like, Oh my God, how does this exist? Like, how have I not known about this? I'm, like, I'm so jealous. I want to move there. <laughs> I won't <don't> worry. <laughs> but I'll come visit. <laughs> okay. For sure. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. (laughs) Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Kayla, for being willing to sit down with us and share the struggles you're experiencing in your photography business right now. You asked so many great questions and we're so open to our direction and advice. I'm sure this episode will be a blessing to others in the same boat as you. People like Kayla make our TMA community and membership a collaborative, welcoming, and encouraging place for fellow motherhood photographers. The membership only opens a few times throughout the year and only for a short while. We'd love to have you join us now as the membership is open for only one more week at the time this episode originally airs. You'll get in on this amazing community of like-minded business owners and instant access to the five years of education inside of our membership. Simply go to membership.themotherhoodanthology.com and register today. I adore this short and powerful quote by Anne Frank. No one has ever become poor by giving. So from our lids to yours, until next time, friends.